Welcome to Cat Chat, the pet talk podcast devoted to the physical and emotional well-being of cats and their people. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give your kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment. My co-host is the feline expert, Dr. Michael Maria Delgado, along with other cat authors and experts. The show is brought to you with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, a company privately owned by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose mission has been to personally formulate a wide variety of litters for all types of cats, so they keep using their litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. Dr. Elsie also created his own cat food, Clean Protein, wet and dry foods that are specifically appropriate for a cat's nutrition needs because they're based on the protein a cat eats naturally. Clean Protein is the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival which brings together short films from around the world that celebrate kitty cats. It would be impossible for me to bring this delightful joy to people without Dr. Elsie's generosity. The fifth annual New York Cat Film Festival will premiere this fall in New York City and then travel to theaters across America and Canada, with a portion of every ticket going to local cat welfare organizations. Please show your appreciation of Dr. Elsie's support by choosing their products, whenever you can. Dr. Michael, there's something I don't understand. How do people take in foster cats, which is hard enough, by the way. I mean, you could have had litter box problems. You could have all kinds of emotional issues. But how do they do that when they have resident cats? Isn't that a, a kind of almost cold thing to do to your resident cats? I mean, right? I mean, we all have had cats where you bring in the groceries and they're like, what is that? What is that bag? I'm going to check it out. Interesting. Hmm. Don't know if I want to be near it. That's just an inanimate object. Change in their environment's a big deal for cats. So you bring in a stranger or strangers and then they're gone again. What's that like for resident cats? Yeah, it really depends on the resident cat and it also depends on the setup of your home. I will say first that just, you know, fostering animals is so helpful to rescue groups and shelters. It does take a lot of pressure off of um, these groups that may not have enough physical space to care for animals. And then animals in foster care can get more individual attention than animals in shelters usually do. So I don't want to, um, you know, and a lot of these animals are just kittens that are underage and not ready for adoption yet because they're not old enough. And then you have adults that maybe need a break from the shelter environment, or it's just a space issue. So, you know, I think we learned from the pandemic that having foster homes is a huge, huge benefit to rescue groups. So I don't want to discourage anyone from fostering, but I do think if you have cats at home, you have to ask yourself a few questions (laughs) before you foster. So I'll jump in. One is, do you have the space to keep those animals, you know, if you have a litter of kittens or animal, if you just have one adult cat or one kitten or teenager, do you have space to keep them separated if necessary? Um, in a in a space that's not going to stress your cat out from not having access to, right? We know a lot of cats don't like closed doors. Right. But a lot of people do have an extra room in their house, like an office or even a large bathroom that can be a perfect foster environment. So that's the first thing is, do you have a separate space? 
where you can keep these animals separate. Why do we want to keep them separate? Well, one is for disease control. Right. Um, yeah. So, so certainly being in a shelter, most animals have a reduced immune function from the stress and they're being exposed to a lot of kitty cooties. Um, so anything from ringworm to upper respiratory infection to other things, but those are probably like the, the two most, two of the most common ones. Um, and certainly they might have fleas. So any of these things could be brought into your home. And a lot of times animals don't break with upper respiratory until they get to the new home, right? They oh. kind of keep it together. Oh, well, that's interesting. Animals too. Yeah, it's kind of like the stress of the change um, weakens their immune system and boom, now they've got diarrhea, now they've got sneezes. So just keeping in mind that you want to keep those animals separate um, for that reason until, certainly until they're healthy. I mean, some foster animals should never interact with resident animals. I think every rescue group kind of has their own protocol around right. that. So um, some rescue groups going to require that you keep them separated. Um, they don't want the liability of exposing your pets. Um, they definitely don't want to deal with any behavior problems that might come up from exposure to your pets. So, so some places are going to say, yeah, do not introduce these cats to your resident cat. Um, you're, you know, just for safety and for uh, disease protocols. I do, I do want to say that my raising the, the question and the issue mm -hmm. was in no way meant as a discouragement to fostering. Yeah. I mean, I've had so many amazing rescue groups on the show and they've been beneficiaries yeah. of the cat film festival that are 100 percent foster yep. they don't have any physical place and i mm -hmm. have always thought i i think that the the greatest kind of animal saviors are fosters because mm -hmm. you're putting out all this energy for a complete unknown be it a dog yeah. or a cat yeah. And you're not, I mean, yes, foster fails, we know, haha. Ha. You fall in love with the cat <laughs> or there. the dog and you keep it. And that's yeah. that's good, but also not good because if you have been a longtime foster, mm -hmm. they kind of look to you to have that empty room, to have that place in yeah. your heart and home. So if yeah. you take and keep the foster, now you're no longer foster eligible, sort of, unless you have a gigantic, you know, sprawling mansion. Sure. So, the the goal of fostering is not to adopt. If it were, then you could just go out and adopt cats. It's it's to mm -hmm. give them all the things that you said, that interim space. I think what people do is really heroic because yeah. in the end of the day, yes, they feel I've saved that one cat or helped that one litter get big enough and strong enough, but you never see them again in most cases. Mm -hmm. So you don't get that sort of reward of, oh, look what I did, look how cool I am, look how kind I am, look how generous I am, right? It's just, okay, I did it because it was the good and right thing to do, and now I'll do it for another cat. Mm -hmm. I, I just think that there's the rule of bringing any cat into your home is yes. that it needs to be separated yes. in all the ways that you and I have talked about. And if anybody is unclear about that, if you do adopt a new cat or cat's they got to be kept separate from your resident yes. cats and introduced in a very slow and methodical and precise scientific way. Yeah. But what about if it how what do you do if you have rattled the cage of your resident cat? Do yeah. you stop fostering or how can yeah. you how can you make your resident cat feel whole again? Sure. Yeah, and I think that is like the the behavior piece. So we talked about the medical piece and the behavior piece is um, like you mentioned, we usually recommend we always recommend introducing new animals to one another slowly. And it's very hard to do that. If you're gonna only have the kittens for four weeks, 
Like why bother right. putting your cat through the stress of an introduction? Because yeah. a lot of times introductions take, you know, a few weeks, if not longer. Yeah. So you may not even get to that point. So, you know, I think your resident cat is going to be aware just through smell and sound that there are new animals in the house. So how do we minimize the stress? Well, one, we minimize exposure. So maybe put a towel under the door. Right. Um, some people might want to change clothes between going into the foster room or, you know, put on a smock or something, but um, really, and then maintaining your cat's routine as much as you can um, is also important. I don't want to say you can never integrate fosters with your resident cats, because I definitely have known people that have that kind of perfect like adaptable, like grandpa cat who wow. seems to enjoy um, socializing and bringing up kittens. You know, it's like an adult cat can certainly be a good social um, teacher to kittens. Nice. Um, so that that does happen. I know people that do integrate their fosters, um, especially kittens, once they've, I mean, kittens are less threatening. They're, you know, they're small. Um, they're somewhat, you know, I guess, predictable in the threat they pose, which is minimal. But they are more um, so, irritating. I mean, oh, if yeah. they want to play with you. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think, you know, you really have to know your cat and how they, you know, if they respond negatively just to the sound and smells of a different cat in your home, um, then you have to really assess, like, how stressed are they? Can you right. help them be less stressed by just more separation from the foster area? So maybe you use a baby gate to block off a hallway and you make the other part of the house very fun and positive for your cat. And like I said, kind of give them the same routine they're used to. So they're minimally impacted by the foster animals. You know, if your cat's hiding and doing a lot of hissing and um, seems like their personality is changing, then you may not want to foster again. Like right. maybe this was just not going to work for your cat. And there's other ways you can support a rescue group exactly. by donating food or going to the, you know, adoption center and helping get kittens adopted, that sort of thing. So um, you know, fostering is very fun and very rewarding and, you know, it can be just such a great experience, but, you know, you do want to keep in mind how your resident pets are going to feel about it before um, saying, yes, I'm, I'm committed to this um, and I'm going to do it over and over again, because that could be difficult for some cats. So it really is a case by case basis, but, you know, again, thinking how we recommend you introduce new animals to one another um, unless you have a long-term foster, then it's going to be hard to do a proper introduction and, you know, help your resident cat feel comfortable with those new animals. So it may not even be worth trying to introduce them. Maybe you just keep them separated, knowing that the kittens are going to be ready for adoption in a few weeks. Um, why put your cat through that? That's a really good point, because we do talk about weeks and even up to a month or more, depending mm -hmm. on the reactions to the smell under the door, you know, before or instead of sure. putting the towel there. And one of the big burdens in my mind for foster parents is they have to answer emails and texts and phone calls from potential adopters they, who mm -hmm. want to chew your ear off. Understandably, it's good that they want <laughs> yeah, to ask you exciting. everything you could possibly yeah. tell them about this cat that you met like 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, but you have notes from the rescue also. And then they want to come to your house and they yeah. want to meet the cat. So that's correct. They should do that to make sure that it feels good to them and to the cat. But it's a huge burden. So again, kudos to the people that want to do this. And probably I'm thinking those humans are like the grandpa cat you mentioned. The mm -hmm. humans who love cats so much, it's like, I want to meet some more. 
I'd like to see some different kinds of cats. I love kittens, but you know, yeah. I already have two or three. That's my max, yeah. and that's probably yeah. you know a, a wise max. But it gives them a chance to get a cat fix, lots yeah. of cat fixes. Sure. But if the cat that they're fostering is well promoted on social media by the rescue and has any good looks or has been, you know, airbrushed properly in the <laughs> photographs, it's going to be in demand and people are going to want to come and call you and text you and write you and visit. And then the cat will be gone. And then you will have yeah. done a really good job and you will have fulfilled your mission, which is to get that cat a permanent, fabulous home. Yeah. out of the stress and discomfort and disorientation of being in a shelter if it's a yeah. rescue that has a shelter. So thank you, Michael, for bringing up these points and for saying you you don't have to upset your resident cat because if you can keep them completely separate, that's your solution in a way. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't look for them to become buddies. And besides which, what if they really did like each other and then the, the foster's yeah. gone? Your right. resident cat would be in a form of grief. Yeah. I do recommend like if someone is they have a cat at home and they are on the fence about whether or not their cat needs a companion that fostering is always a good way to kind of explore how your cat will That's respond it's kind of a low low pressure so if, if your cat seems really stressed or it's you know not the one then you can help them get adopted get a great home and then you know decide whether or not you want to try again but you know I think um, certainly there are cats that really enjoy the company of other cats and people you know are hesitant to make that commitment so so fostering is a great way to and the, you know the whole foster to adopt like that is one situation yeah. where it can be a great opportunity a great to point. kind of test drive that's a, a really good point without the obligation yeah. of feeling yeah. like you're you know like you're a failure if you say exactly. i don't think this is going to work for them it's like okay yeah. we'll try another one yeah. one last question male female do you think that mm. matters when you're fostering no um I mean, you know, people are always looking for sex differences and, and there's just one, there's not a lot of research on sex differences in, in cat behavior and certainly not on like the responses of cats to being in a kind of revolving door foster situation. So we, we really don't know. Um, so I don't, I don't have strong feelings about a match, um, except that if you have a very old cat, <laughs> don't get a very young cat right? Um, or expect that to be a good um, fit for a long-term relationship. But as far as fostering, you know, if you have a mom cat with kittens, mom's going to naturally have some territorial and maternal right. feelings. Um, and she may be less welcoming of strange adults into her territory. So just keep in mind, yeah, if you have a mom with kittens or a pregnant mother, um, that she probably does not want to meet your adult cat because she's got her own feels right now. She's got to take care of her babies right. and protect her, her turf so that her babies are not threatened. And so, you know, even if your resident cat has very good intentions and is very cat friendly, she probably doesn't want to deal with other adult cats right now. So, so that's one consideration that would be related to the sex of the cat. Um, but otherwise it really is a, a, to me, like, as like I said, we just don't have enough evidence. So I say, take it on a case by case basis and treat the cat as an individual. And again, if you're, if you're not introducing them, then you don't have to worry too much. Great point. Thank yeah. you. This is really, really helpful. Thank you so much. And thank you to all the people out there fostering. We think you yes, rock. Absolutely. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks for listening. And I also want to thank Wonderside for their support. It's a company founded and run by a woman entrepreneur who wanted to find an effective way to keep fleas, ticks, and other pests away from her pets and home instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. 
Wonderside makes plant-powered products to keep parasites at bay without dousing your cats and property with ingredients that are harmful to them and the planet. A final pause up to Dr. Elsie's for all the fine products they make and their unwavering support of my mission to make life better for each and every kitty cat and their people. If you have cat problems or questions you'd like me to talk about on the show, please write me to Tracy at tracyhotchnerpets.com.